Hi there. I want to talk to you about ducks. No thanks. What about his anger? I don't want to go. I'll go where it's right. All right. Now that's a good idea. Okay, let's go. Give me that noise. Oh, you're thinking about a plate of shrimp. Suddenly somebody will say, like, plate or shrimp or plate of shrimp. Out of the blue, no explanation, no point in looking for it. It's all part of cosmic unconsciousness. Hello and welcome to the Cult Film Companion Podcast, the home of movies that are off, under, and ahead of the cinematic radar. My name is Chris, I am your host. This week I have a very special guest joining me to talk about not just one movie, but at the moment, four movies, a TV series, and an an upcoming fifth movie. But before we talk all things Evil Dead, I just want to briefly mention that we are a proud member of the Blind Knowledge Collective at www.blindknowledge.com, which is a great place to find videocasts, podcasts, and music, all from creators all over the world. And any particular itch that you might need to have scratched, the Blind Knowledge Collective has you covered. The creators come first, and we are all about putting out quality material for our audience. Cold Film Companion Podcast is also a featured podcast on Newsly. Newsly is an audio app for iOS and Android. It picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time in the history of the internet, the entire web becomes listenable. You could follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, science to Bitcoin, and you can browse from articles from the topics that you choose, and then start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. And Newsly has podcasts as well. Explore trending podcasts from over 50 different countries. Our podcast, The Cult Film Companion, is, of course, a featured podcast there. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in the description. And please use the promo code CULTFILM, C-O-L-T-F-1. LM, drop the I, pop in a one, and get a month free of their premium subscription service. And joining me this evening, or this afternoon where he's located, is Mark from the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. Mark, welcome to the Cult Film Companion. Thank you, Chris. It's great to be here, and I love, love, love our topic of choice today. Yeah. So before we get into all things Evil Dead, can you quickly just give us a little rundown about the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast? Yeah, sure can. The Visually Stunning Movie Podcast uh, is the result of a fever dream uh, that happened when I saw the first trailer for Jupiter Ascending in the theaters. Uh, When the first blurb came up on the screen and it said Visually Stunning, in my heart of hearts, I knew that this movie was going to be terrible. Because that's what we're going to be leading up. Ooh, um, yeah. Pretty much that's true. If the first thing anyone tells you about a movie is that it's visually stunning, odds are the movie's not going to be that good. Now, a movie can be good and visually stunning. Yes. Let's be clear. Mm-hmm. But if that's what they're leading with, they're trying to hide something. So, no. So, but so, so, so uh, I've been doing this for, oh, God, it's going to be pushing six years now. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, you, I know. I, I, I do it because I love it, 
uh, not because I'm Joe Rogan, uh, <laughs> but uh, if you want to see what kind of stuff we do, you're, uh, you're everyone's more than welcome to jump over to the website, vsmoviepodcast.com. Or uh, over on Twitter, we're, uh, Twitter and Facebook, we're at VS Movie Podcast. Uh, we've also got a YouTube channel, Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. If you want to go over there, click subscribe. I'd love that as well. But yeah, we just uh, we love talking about movies. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we get a little intellectual, and sometimes you just have to call the hot garbage hot garbage. Right, I love it. And links for all of uh, Mark's shows will be in the episode description. So please follow him on Twitter, check out his podcast, and show him some love. And speaking of things that I, I love, probably one of, if not my favorite horror movie franchises, and we're talking all things Evil Dead today. We're talking Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, Ash versus the Army of Darkness, Evil Dead 2013, I think it is. That's it the is. year it came out. And Ash versus the Evil Dead TV series. And I believe that the fifth installment of this movie series is going to be called Evil Dead Rise or Evil Dead Rises. I believe it's Rise. Rise. Okay. So I had it right the first time. and Always subject to change. It is Hollywood after all. Absolutely. So let's start at the very beginning. Mark, what was your introduction to the Evil Dead film series? Because I think... Uh, You know... Most people, depending on your age, everyone seems to have come in, that, that I talk to about the series, seems to have come in at, di- at different times. Yeah, because it's whatever pops out. Yeah, I mean, because, to, let, let's let's be clear, the, the Evil Dead was filmed in 79. Right. It didn't, it didn't get a release at all, really, until 81. But then it was a lot of video, it was a lot of European stuff. Um, so it didn't really hit. You know, and it took till 87 to get us evil dead 2 and now by then you know we're hardcore into to home video and everything so so yeah it's going to be everyone's going to come in at a different time just because of the availability of the films absolutely so if you come in on evil dead everyone's gonna be like oh well you didn't see the original and then people are going to go back and find the evil dead you know if you come in on army of darkness you're going you know what the hell is going on in this movie and then you of course have to go see the 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 preceding two so no, I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you if my first exposure to uh, to Raimi's series here is what was was the Evil Dead or or Evil Dead Two Dead by Dawn, okay? Because they are so similar, yeah. which is one of the things we'll we'll get into. Yeah, uh, but but, <laughs> but it wasn't Army of Darkness. Now, you know, I had seen bits of it. I mean, because I was eleven when Evil Dead came out. So, yeah, I'm on the old side, but there are still movies that I couldn't see based on age and where I was in, you know, in, in my life. So by the time Evil Dead 2 comes out, of course, I'm right in that range where horror movies become a thing. Right. So, so, it, so yeah, no, it's it's, it's there. And, and you just you, you fall in love with the you either fall in love with it or you discount it forever. <laughs> That's you know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of. um yeah, it's not for everyone, but the people that love it, they absolutely, they they love it. Now, so um, just get, um, from your 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 convo here, um, you you are a little bit older than I am because I actually my introduction to this universe was Army of Darkness. 
Now, I think that I saw it at some point probably on cable television um, because I, I remember, I think Army Darkest, so we're talking 93, I think, 92? Uh, 92, 92. 92, okay. So I'm 12, no, I'm 11. Okay, yeah, so I probably saw this on um, on cable at some point, and I loved it just because it was something that, you know, I kind of probably shouldn't have been watching um, at that that age, given, you know, some of my parents were kind of strict when it came to movies. But for me, I loved the action of Army of Darkness. I loved the humor of Army of Darkness, and I just loved Ash. And then I had to go back, and I kind of did it backwards. So I did Army of Darkness, then I... For me, it was easier to get a hold of Evil Dead 2 than it was the original Evil Dead for some reason. Um, just availability at video stores or whatever. But, I mean, talk about visually stunning. I mean, the cover of Evil Dead 2 with the with the skull, with the eyeballs still intact, kind of looking at you. That's, yeah. something, that's something that really stuck out to me. And now we have the um, the iconic cover of the original evil dead of the you know the girl coming out of the reaching out of the ground and everything it's just um but yeah i i did it kind of backwards i did army of darkness uh evil dead 2 then the original evil dead and what i remember not liking the original evil dead when i first saw it i i appreciate it now and i i i like it um but I, it was because I was kind of introduced to Army of Darkness. I mean, the humor is there in the original Evil Dead, but it's not as prominent or as upfront as it is it is prevalent in the sequels. You know? Yeah. No. And that 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 that's a function of they were in 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 the Evil Dead they they were they were making a horror movie. Right. Um, and it over the course of making the film, um, you know, aspects of it and, you know, the cast that they had and, and, and Bruce Campbell's willing. And, and he said this and Sam Raimi, I think I said this, Bruce Campbell's willingness to do things really did kind of shape that, that first film. So a lot of the, the physical humor is there because they were all fans of the three stooges. Um, one more tangent I'll make. I know we're going to talk about a lot of movies and TV. If you have not read uh, any of his novels, uh, I recommend uh, Confessions of a B Movie Actor. Oh, the uh, um, which not not the novel, the uh, autobiography. Yeah, the biography. Okay, okay, okay. So, yeah. So, but if you read that, uh, you get a lot of the background on it, and it's just, it's really great stuff if you're a fan of of those early movies, and not just Bruce Campbell's whole body of work. But yeah, so so the Evil Dead is 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 a horror film with comedic elements. You get to Evil Dead Two, and there's a lot more balance to it. Right, and I think, um, I mean, the, the transition though. I mean, it's it's weird to kind of to watch. I mean, one of the biggest, I guess, complaints that I hear about people, or the criticism that I hear a lot about Evil Dead 2 is that it's a remake of Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead. And I can see both sides of the argument there because the big, like the first 
third, I would say, of Evil Dead 2 is kind of a, um, a retcon almost of the original Evil Dead because instead of a group of friends going to a cabin, we just have um, Ash and his girlfriend going to the cabin in Evil Dead 2. Right. So, and and that and that's also I they they talk you know it was a, it was a way to streamline the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also they didn't have the rights to the original Evil Dead. Yeah, there were a lot of there was a lot there's a lot of moving parts there. Yes, so, I know. Um, but yeah, they had the, the, there was issues with the producers and the distributors. Uh, I know that in Evil Dead Two, it opens up with a, a a production company or a distributor that it's like a yellow flower that was just created solely for this 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 particular movie. Um, I'm not sure if you have any more information about that or you even know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, it it that rings a bell, but it, yeah, I don't I don't recall specifically what the deal with that, but yeah, because a lot of it was. Uh, again, because they they were over in Europe a lot, so there was there was part of a distributor there. And and once you start getting into film money, everything yeah. gets really really convoluted. We yeah, I was talking so. to to someone the other day uh, about a different movie, and we were just talking. Well, you got to remember that it is a film business. This is an industry, and as much as you know, creators like to respect their, you know, we want to respect their artistic integrity. At the end of the day, it is a money, I mean, it, it's money, It's it just comes down to money. Uh, I know some of the issues that the uh, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 had were as far as getting a rating, you know, um, if you're contractually obligated as a director to deliver uh, an R rating and the, you know, the MPAA slaps you with an I still find it hard to believe, maybe it's just because of my age, that they used to give movies an X rating uh, without, you know, <laughs> without have you know, when I think of an X rating, I think of an X movie. I think of a porno movie, you know. I don't think of gratuitous violence or anything like that or even sexual situations. But I know that they had issues with um, Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 um, as far as the ratings board goes getting... You know, and and nowadays it's so much different because with the way that we we get media through streaming sites, or if you buy a Blu-ray or a DVD, you know, unrated is kind of like it's par for the course now. Almost everything has like an unrated cut at some point. That it doesn't; these ratings don't really matter as much nearly as they used to. But it, you know, movie chains and movie theaters aren't going to show an x-rated movie they just you know either contractually or morally they just they're not going to show it you know yeah and that's a lot of that is starting to change um because of again because home video changed so much um it it is changing things but a lot of you know but they they got away from the x for violence by by bringing in the nc-17 um so yeah, so X is pretty much the domain of of whatever, but the NC seventeen is still a you know a kiss of death for some theaters, so to speak, um, just because it, it limits when they can be shown or if they can be shown in certain areas, much less a corporate policy. So yeah, it's, it is a movie business, and there's a lot of of stuff that goes into what you can see and who owns what later. Um, I mean, look at Marvel. 
Yeah. You know, who owns all the different rights to all of the different things. And, you know, that was a slightly different situation, but you know, then you, then, you know, you try to untangle what actually goes to who. And that's a mess. Uh, yeah. It's a- uh, and so, so, so early evil did, you know, they didn't, they didn't quite keep complete control of the first one. So the second one, you know, got changed up a little bit because they had the rights to certain things or could do certain things or could redo certain things. Uh, but yes, it, it is, it is a retcon. Um, but I think it's probably closer to the movie they wish they could have made the first time had they had the budget. Yeah, that's the big thing about uh, another. I mean, I, I I could dig some low budget movies. I I cover a lot of low budget movies here on 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 the show. But I mean, if you compare just these two movies, you can see how much more money and freedom that they had when they were tackling Evil Dead 2. The effects um, were done, I mean, they've gone on to become K&B effects, which are now, you know, renowned throughout Hollywood, um, doing practical effects from from movies and The Walking Dead, and those guys are kind of synonymous now with practical effects, but this this was early on in their careers, and... Um, yeah, there's so much great stuff now if you buy, you know, different versions, if you buy a physical media version of the Evil Dead or Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness to get all these behind-the-scenes stories and the behind-the-scenes footage to see them create these wonderful effects that, you know, some of them are a little kind of cheesy, but they're, 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 they're kind of supposed to be. I mean, we got a creature that... That it's its eye pops out at you, but I mean the effects are so much more on display here in Evil Dead Two. Um, but yeah, no, they really are, and and you have to again going back to to the film, you know, the the inspiration and the films that that Sam Raimi and and uh, Bruce Campbell loved. A lot of the stuff they did, yeah, it's it's not as it it's still primitive, but a lot of that stuff is throwbacks, like the you know the eye popping. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this, you know things like that. But a lot of stuff was, you know, they did practical photography, much less practical effects. Right. Uh, you know, ash in the mirror. You know, that's a practical effect. That's not, you know. That, so you know, they did a lot of stuff that, but but a lot of the stuff is kind of them honoring where they came from and what they love. So yeah, if you can get past some of the camp of the construction and get to what they're getting to. I think that's important too. I mean, if you look at, you know, this, these are cult movies for a reason, right? You know, Rocky horror picture is a cult movie. It's not a great movie. It's not, you know, what effects they have are not great, you know, but there's the good cult films move past that because people see beyond that to what the filmmakers are trying to do. Right. And probably, probably with the, in a one-off Rocky Horror is probably the bigger cult film. Sure. But I think, I think as a, as an enduring thing, living thing, Evil Dead may be the most successful cult film universe out there. Yeah, and I would actually say that I think that it's own. I think that Rocky Horror is actually kind of eclipsed cult status at this point. It's so kind of ingrained in our cultural zeitgeist. 
It's almost it's got it started out and then it became a cult hit and it became a mid, like the midnight movie to go to, but now it's almost you know it's almost eclipsed cult status. Whereas something as the Evil Dead, I mean, this uh, this is what I will say about the Evil Dead franchise is that I can't. Off the top of my head, and I'm going to ask you if you can think of, can you think of another horror franchise as, and I'm going to use, I'll, I'll put the put it in, you know, air quotes, but perfect as the Evil Dead, because I can think of any other film, you know, horror franchise, and I can pick out the movies or the installments of that particular franchise that I just will, I, I, I don't like. Well, I mean, I, and I can't I think, mean, I mean, yeah, we'll run down the big ones. Friday the Thirteenth, half might be watchable. Yeah, that, and that's that's fair. <laughs> better better than half of Halloween, sure. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare, sure, but better than half. I mean, yeah, but I, Freddy's Dead but, for me is just I that that's one that. Well, that's an, but even you know Hellraiser. Oh God. Off the rails, but they are going to reboot that. So, um, fingers crossed for but, Hellraiser. So, so we'll see. But you know, they put it in space at some point. So you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, hell, um, we had Hellraiser in space. We had the Leprechaun in space. We had Jason in space, and uh, I mean, really, I mean, I would have to go back and maybe rewatch all of the Phantasms. That because the first Phantasm. Is just spectacular. They're up to um, five now, I think, and the last I, I one. Think so, more... But I would have to go look. I don't think I've seen all five. Okay. Um, yeah. Would, I, if if I was going to give any of them a nod, I would say I would. That would be one I would have to go look at and consider. Right, and as, I th- as a horror franchise. But then, I mean, it, then we could just. And Phantasm is one too that I said um, I would put on equal ground with the. Um, Evil Dead, but the last Phantasm for me was really kind of it was missing something, and what it was missing was that it was the only one not directed by Don Coscarelli. So we have, I mean, the similarities between Evil Dead and uh, Phantasm is that we kind of have, at the core, I mean, you know, obviously Sam Raimi didn't direct uh, the 2013 installment, nor did he direct the TV show, but he kind of, people at least if if his fingerprints aren't on those projects, they the people involved at least kind of had a gr- a much greater respect for uh, him and what he created than some of the people that were involved in those horror franchises that we that you just mentioned. I mean, some of well, them again again it's it this this is a business right and so Halloween made money nightmare on elm street made money yeah friday the 13th made money evil dead not so much no so so it 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 was and kind of still is in it from a creative sense this insular little thing and you you know you had you had ramey 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 and then ramey and campbell really they you know they blessed uh fidavarez Yes. On the, the 2013 
So, so their fingerprints are indeed on it. Right. Um, even though they're, you know, they weren't day to day, uh, you know, he was, he pitched it, they bought it and they blessed it. Um, it wasn't, yeah, just go make a, go make, you know, just throw the name on it and we'll make some money. Right. Um, so, so, you know, their fingerprints are still on it and, and, you know, and you know, you get to the TV show, um, I, I would have to go and double check. I, I'm sure Sam Raimi was listed as an executive producer. Right. Um, it's Bruce Campbell. He, sure. He is, he is not going to let that franchise. He's not going to take part in something that's going to dishonor and it, which is a really weird term to use when you're talking about this to dishonor that franchise and what has gone before. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, I'll tell you why I'll give you, I, I, I love telling this story. So please bear with me for like sure. two minutes. Go for it. Um, if you, if you've ever been to a comic con, I have not um, actually. So, wow. There's so much anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was out in LA for one of theirs a few years back and Bruce Campbell was a guest. And the, the basic setup is, you know, all these, there's this big, long, long row of tables with all the celebs at it. You line up, you get the signature you want, you know, you give me your money and you're great. Well, I was standing in line waiting for a photo, you know, a, a pro photo with Bruce Campbell, but I could see his autograph table from where the line was and because he was signing and then he was going to do, go do photos. And he was at the end of this huge, long line of, of tables. And I'm sitting there and, you know, he's over there and I'm talking to my kid and we're laughing because we're, you know, we're excited. We're going to meet Bruce Campbell. And all of a sudden, um, you just see this blur shoot out from behind the tables into the crowd, this huge crowd. And no one knows what's going on. And it is Bruce Campbell with his phone stopping a cosplayer to get her picture. Because <laughs> what well, her costume, you might think, oh, she was dressed as Ash and you would be wrong. She built a floor at her shoulders with the cellar door over her head and oh. draped black fabric down to the floor. So she looked like his sister, all made up, out of the basement. Yes. And he saw her across the crowd, ran out into the crowd, got her picture, put her on Instagram, and in 10 minutes, everyone in the convention knew who she was. That's amazing. And I tell that story... Because unlike a lot of stars, and this goes back to what I just said about him not dishonoring this franchise, Bruce Campbell could have been a huge, huge A-list movie star. If you've ever seen him act, he can act. And he's got leading man looks. He's got comic timing. All of it. He, he's the whole package. But he, he got into this. But he 100% he appreciates the fact that his fans have enabled him to live this life and do what he does. And he is legitimately appreciative of that. And that the fact that he did that for that fan who was just walking by, she wasn't even in line. <laughs> she was just walking out in the wow. crowd. And the fact that he did that proves that to me. And that is why I love to tell that story. And that, and it, because it just, it, it shows the, the love that he has for the franchise and anyone that loves a franchise that much is going to give their best every single time. So Absolutely. every single time you watch an evil dead product, you are getting the very best evil dead that Bruce Campbell can give you. Yeah. 
Um, that's a great story. I love hearing stories like that because there's so many. I mean, the negativity, I don't even want to get into what happened at the Oscars, but you hear so much. Uh, it's always like negative stuff with celebrities or it's something shallow. Um, that's, I mean, that's the kind of story that I love to hear that, you know, he, he understands that. Um, and he just seems like the kind of down to earth guy that would, uh, you know, if he had time, he would talk to you and he would share stories with you, you know, if he had the time. But, and, yeah. and if he did, but he is, he is literally any event he goes to, he is never not busy. Yeah. No, I would He's imagine. never not busy, but, but he is always on. Yeah. Yes. That makes him snarky when he does his panels and people ask <laughs> questions. But that's what people, they expect that. They expect him to ash while he's up there. Right. Or um, and he is he or, is 100% down for it. But you can tell he loves what he does. And he loves the people that come to see him. So just a... And, and, I, and I think that that, that that comes through in everything that we see in all of these different Evil Dead iterations. So besides, I mean, we'll just go on, off on a Bruce, uh, a brief... Bruce Campbell tangent here. Um, besides Evil Dead, what are some what are some other projects of his that you particularly like? I think My Name Is Bruce is is a great little f- flick. If you haven't seen it, um, I am actually going to go back and rewatch that because of the unbearable weight, weight, weightiness of uh, whatever the Nick Cage movie that's coming out. The name that really long ridiculous name that's coming out, where it's very it's kind of similar in concept. So I'm going to go rewatch My Name is Bruce. But no, I actually, I I need to find time to watch 70 seasons of television. But I would love to go back and rewatch Burn Notice. Yeah, that's what, that series, I've always... It's such a great show. Um, And he, he, I mean, because he's playing a sidekick, but he's a sidekick that steals the show every time he's on. And, um... Him and Jeffrey Donovan, who is the lead in that, um, they genuinely liked each other. And so they genuinely had a really great time making that show. Um, so much so that uh, he was actually going to leave the show at one point because he wanted to make movies. And they said, well, we'll make a movie about your character. Jeffrey Donovan directed that movie. It's called uh, The Legend of Sam Axe. Okay. Which is his character in Burn Notice. So I, that is also on my show. But yeah, so it, it th- that is that is my other uh, single, fa- I say single favorite, but it's, you know, it's seven, seven series seasons of television. <laughs> so, that, but that is my, that's the other thing I love him in. I love him as, as Sam Axe. I just think that that is the character that if, if Ash had been a respectable human being, he probably would have wound up. Being a disgraced CIA agent, <laughs> I can see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds weird, but you know, he's like he's like the variant Ash Williams. Uh, another Sam great, so, another great TV show, uh, Briscoe County Junior. Uh, I have it. I need to watch it. Uh, okay. I've watched uh, a chunk of. Uh... Oh crap! Where he's the spy, and the name is escaping me. The revolutionary. Oh, I know. His other, his other yeah. yeah. Um, it's gone. It's right out of my head. Um, so we'll just move uh, a, a movie that yeah, if, we'll you, 
you have, if you haven't seen or the listeners haven't seen that, I would recommend checking out is something called Sundown, The Vampire in Retreat, starring Bruce Campbell and David Carradine. So, really, that's not a pa- yeah. That that's uh that's an underrated little uh little nugget there that I think. Uh, hold on, what's the year on this? Nineteen ninety. So this was uh at- really. Post Evil Dead Two, pre Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness. Um. So it's it's wow. And he, he played Van Helsing. Yeah. Yep. That is awesome. That's uh, the another favorite of of his films. Another favorite of mine is Bubba Hotel. We, uh, you know, I didn't bring that up because we have a whole episode on our love of Bubba Hotel. Yeah. I. I it, but that that. That film is is it just has so many of the things that make Evil Dead great, but in a completely different context. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. So if, if people want to check out our our deep dive into Bubba Hotep, it's available in the archives. All I will say is that uh, you got Bruce Campbell playing Elvis, you got Ossie Davis playing uh, a black man who's convinced he's JFK, and you've got a mummy that suck will suck your soul through your your uh, rectum uh, at an elderly home in Texas. So, I mean, if you haven't yep. checked it out by now, uh, and and that's of course directed by Don Coscarelli, who uh, we were just talking about with the Phantasm series. So, um, but let's get back to uh, Evil Dead here. Evil Dead. <laughs> um, so, I I what I heard was that the actual the original plans for Evil Dead Two was was similar to what we got with Army of Darkness, that he kind of want uh, Sam Raimi wanted to kind of send Ash back in time, uh, but the budget just wouldn't allow it. So I mean, the but the the ending of Evil Dead Two, of course, ends with, I mean, and that's what I love. I as much as I I. I would say that Evil Dead 2 is my favorite of the series. Um, but I just love doing a double feature uh, with some friends. You watch Evil Dead 2 and then you watch Army of Darkness because they blend seamless, seamlessly into a great night of um, of cinema, you know? Well, Martin Scorsese might disagree with that, but... Uh, no, it is, it is, and it is. It's because, like I said, Evil Dead Two allowed them to correct correct some things from the Evil Dead, right? And it allowed him to lay the groundwork for a sequel that he wanted, or for a movie that he wanted, which was Ash Back in Time. So, um, so yeah, it's naturally pairing those two would be, you know, that's a great way to spend three and a half hours, right? Um, you, know, you know what I mean? So, uh. There, there, there would definitely be nothing wrong with that, and yeah, I'm sure that was what he wanted for for the or for Evil Dead Two. But yeah, again, it's still it's still a money game. They had more money for Evil Dead Two, right? But they didn't have that much money. I mean, because if you look at the end of of Evil Dead Two, um, even the, the the costuming from Back in Time and just the little things, you just look at it, it's like yeah, that was. That was we're tacking it on because we want it later. Yeah, and it, then of course you get to the beginning, the opening of Army of Darkness, and it's like now we actually can do the thing that we wanted to do. Yeah, the ending. So it, it, it is still a business, <laughs> and you hate to you hate to you know belabor that point, but man, sometimes you just wish it wasn't a business. Yeah, um, and I want to. Speaking of business, I I um, 
but I just want to quickly mention, yeah, to your point, the ending of Evil Dead 2 kind of looks like it was filmed uh, on like an off day at a renaissance fair, and then you get kind of um, the lushness and the the vibrancy of uh, Army of Darkness. Um, Speaking of business, there are, I can't, I've lost count of how many different releases that are now available for just the just the first three Evil Dead movies. I mean, Evil Dead 1 seemed to have... It took a while to get, like, a pretty decent kind of a restoration cut of it available. Evil Dead 2 is, is all over the place now with different versions. Um, but Army of Darkness seems to have the most um, different releases. It's almost... It, I mean, it's the it's the Blade Runner of that series. Yeah, there's somebody there's like um, there's something called like the Screwhead cut, and there's the there's the gr- screw yeah because well because it had two different endings right. We should probably talk about that different scenes inside depending on t- I mean and I and I actually have have the cut and and I wish they would just box them all together. Right, um, <laughs> uh, which I I will pay a hundred dollars if someone wants to box me all those sets together on on a nice restored Blu-ray. That would be lovely. Yeah, um, but I, you know, I I actually uh, I think I think the kind of quote unquote mainstream cut at this point has a lot of the dialogue that I don't care when it's Ash dealing with Ash. Right. Before he kills himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know, you know, good, bad. I'm the guy with the gun. I love that line, but in the accepted, uh, what what seems to be the accepted release, that line's not in there. It's you know, it's something else. I, I don't even remember what they replaced it with. But no. there's just little things like that, and then of course the ending is the big thing, right? Uh, you know how how the how the film ends is is the biggest thing. I I like both endings. I do, I do too. Like that the smart ending better just because I love the concept of 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 that happening at S-Mart. Yeah, we should probably let's t- let's talk about the two different endings here because like you, I I was I, you know the the ending that I was most familiar with was the S-Mart ending. Um that right. was the ending that I probably have seen the most times and I guess that that was the happier ending again uh, going back to this being a, a business. I'm pretty sure that Universal wanted a, a happy ending. Um, for 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 the movie, and I believe that it was originally scripted for the ending, the alt now known as the alternate ending, where where Ash <laughs> sleeps too long, and um, he ends he wakes up, up yeah he, in a hundred years in the future. Yeah, he basically wakes up in a post-apocalyptic uh, Mad Max London. universe. Um, yeah. Of all places. Yeah, London, because Big Ben is out there. Right, yeah, right, right. I, you know, and, and I want to say, honestly, the, the the weirdest thing, I'm trying to remember where I started seeing those cuts. Um, and I was either deployed to Saudi Arabia when I was still in the Air Force in the mid-90s, watching on, like, Sky TV... Uh, we would get like European cuts of things. Oh, sweet! Right? Um, or I was, or I was stationed in Korea a couple times in the early two thousands, and again, we got wacky cuts of things. And I don't remember where I started seeing those alt, like the alternate ending 
of Army of Darkness. I, I, it, it had to be one of those two. Um, I do know, quick, quick tangent again. Uh, I actually, I actually know there are extra scenes in Blazing Saddles because I saw them while I was overseas. No way. Yes, uh, during the uh, uh, Candygram for Mongo. Okay. That whole segment. There's different. There's like three or four different or other things that Sheriff Bart tries to subdue Mongo. Wow. Okay. That I do that I do not have in my cut. So, but I was like, I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah. So it's just, it's just weird. It could... uh, so the stuff you see overseas, but yeah, no, yeah. So that, but I think Army of Darkness does. I think because because the, the, you know there was a, the, a U.S. theatrical release, a European theatrical release, the alternate endings, the TV cuts. You know, it's it is almost Blade Runner esque at this point and i would love to just put all the versions down in front of sam raimi and go which one right um you know what i mean which one is it because i'm i, I, I want them all, but which one is it i have to i had to to look to see the one that i actually have is it's actually titled i mean and here's the thing another thing uh, again with this movie is that the title i mean is i actually have a copy where the title is Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness, which is is actually in the opening credits of the movie. Yes, but everything else is just. I mean, I remember I probably first got this on VHS where it just said Army of Darkness. But I have um, yeah, I have Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness, the director's cut, official bootleg edition. So it is actually. Yeah, um, I, I think that's the one. I think I have that. I might have two editions. Okay. I might also have the Screwhead edition. I don't know. They're they're actually not in my my office. They're in the uh, they're in a, they're in a media rack downstairs. Okay. Uh, in the Bruce Campbell shelf. Right. So nice. I, but but yeah, it's it it's just nuts. It's just nuts how many versions of, but they're all great. Yeah, I mean that's the I mean that's the thing with the with the, this movie, and I can say. As opposed to other cuts of movies, I mean, you keep playing uh, Blade Runner. I, if it's the, I won't. I just won't watch the version with um, Harrison Ford's voiceover. I just, it's so the original theatrical. Version yeah, is not your favorite. No, um, give me the, the. I believe. I believe we've settled on the final cut as the final cut of right. Blade Runner. Okay. Yeah, it's about time that they finally decided. Uh, Oliver Stone keeps recutting his movies. Um, I mean, we could just do a whole episode talking about different cuts of movies. We covered Brazil on here, which has um, lots of different versions floating which, around. Which, oh my God, so great. But no, the, the of course, the most glaring example currently would be Zack Snyder's Justice League. Right, where you... Which, ready? And let, 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 me, let me piss off your audience in three, two, one. It's just a four-hour cut of the theatrical version. There's no difference there. Now we can go back to talking about Evil Dead. Great. Um, <laughs> we we did an episode on on Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, so if someone wants, if you if you guys would love to go listen to that, we talk at length about Zack Snyder's Justice League. So yeah, um, check that out on the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna save my my comments because I'm just I'm uh, I, maybe I'll piss off some of my listeners as well. I'm not a big fan of Zack Snyder as a filmmaker. I'll just say it. <laughs> I want him to be in charge of the look of my movies. Right? 
yeah, uh, that's that's yeah, fine. You can be my my DP or my cinematographer. I am I am in like for although I do love Watchmen. <laughs> I do. I was going to say with the exception, and, and, and I like Sucker Punch. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever seen Sucker Punch. I kind of got like all Snydered out. I was like done. Uh, I don't think I've it's, ever seen it's easy Sucker. To do. Okay. Uh, I do like his uh his Dawn of the Dead's okay. It's not it can't hold a candle to the original. Uh, but yeah, let's go. Uh, talk about a director that I do like, uh, Mr. Sam Raimi. Um, this th- these movies. I mean, it's amazing to me. Like you said, these movies weren't like huge blockbuster movies that that did huge bank at the box office. In fact, Army of Darkness, I think was kind of a was seen as a it was either a bomb or considered uh, a disappointment at the box office but yeah i mean sam raimi if if you just look at his um filmography i've i've probably seen i must have seen all his movies at least once uh he's a an incredibly versatile director uh and, um to see some of his yeah. To see something completely different from Sam Raimi, I, I would recommend people check out a movie called A Simple Plan, which is which is just great. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it, he he, you're, you're right. He is such a swat. I mean, he's got the three Evil Deads. He's got Dark Man, which is a superhero movie. I love Dark Man. Then he, That's going to be he an rolls upcoming. Around, he does Tobey Maguire's Spider Man trilogy. Yeah. Um, he does one. And you're like, oh, so he does, like, action fun movies. Ah. But he also did Kevin Costner's For Love of the Game. Right. He did a baseball which movie. Is a, which is a romance movie. Yeah. It's not even really a baseball movie. No, By the way, I you're do right. love that movie. I cry every time Gus comes out to the mound and gives him a pep talk. Yeah. I think the whole... I tear up every, I tear up every time. I'm trying to think. Now, that movie, if I'm not mistaken, is kind of a flashback while a pitcher's on the stand, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Pitch, he's, he's, he's pitching a game and he's flashing back. Yeah. The whole game. To, to to his 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 girlfriend ex or now ex girlfriend yeah but then he turns around and he does the quick and the dead western, so western. yeah a uh, female you know, western uh, female western and yeah. it, you know drag me to hell back to the uh, um, the the and then now he's the now he's uh going back to the the superhero franchise with uh I know I'm I'm we are we are I am so looking forward to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I was I was excited for it when they first announced it announced it and said it was going to be more horror than the first one. And then they said the the director you know, Derrickson left and then they said Raimi and I was like, "Oh my god." Yeah, uh give that man If you want if you want horror and superhero I don't know if there's I mean, I'm sure Derrickson would have been great. Don't please don't think I'm saying that Derrickson wouldn't have been great. But I'm thinking if you're going to bring a guy in um, and say we need a a, a more a, a darker superhero movie with tinges of horror, it's like oh my god, you're it's right in his wheelhouse. Exactly. And for those of you who haven't seen Darkman, check out Darkman. Darkman, it, that's going to be we're going to be covering that at some point here on the show. That just like solidified my love of Sam Raimi. Um, I mean, if you were very, very young Liam Neeson. Yeah. And it's funny to me. People are like, oh, my gosh, Liam Neeson became an action, an action star late in his career. And I was like, well, you've never seen Darkman. And people are like, what? Darkman, you know, and um, but enough about Darkman. (laughs) 
Um, uh, we can talk about Darkman because it has Bruce Campbell in it. It does. Um, <laughs> just uh, just a nice cameo at the very end. Uh, he, I think Bruce Campbell would have made a great Darkman, but then again, I, I think it's it's fun to see a batshit crazy Liam Neeson too. I mean, yeah, yeah, a whole lot of fun. Um, but a movie that we haven't talked a lot about that's not really as fun, but I think is is a, a great movie on its own. Fede Alvarez, 2013, Evil Dead, um, which I people have their opinions. I'm going to go with what the director says, that this is just a continuation of the Evil Dead series, that it is a sequel and that it is not a reboot. Uh, you are, of course, entitled to your own opinion, but I, I love this movie. This movie... Please. No, this, this Twitter post is, is why we started talking. Right. Um, and, and like I said, it, it, is, it is a sequel. It's a spiritual sequel. But like I said, it, it, it's not a reboot, and, and they never claimed it was a reboot. Um, it is just... It's, it's an exploration of this world in which the Necronomicon exists. Yes. And so it, that's that's where this movie is. Now, you, they, you know, we have Evil Dead Rise coming, which is going to be set in a high-rise in an urban environment. Right. Um, Evil still exists. Which makes me think of an old David Cronenberg movie, Shivers. So that's, that's my... Uh, I, which I watched not long ago, and you can see echoes of that in both... Uh, um, Slither, yes, and uh, I Rise, right? Uh, there are echoes of that in both of those movies. Yeah, so I'm. But, uh, yeah, it's well. It it will be interesting to see uh, how they play because they they don't need to remake Shiver. No, Shivers. Um, but. The, I, I think you might get a lot of this, a lot of similar feeling from it, and that would be okay. But it, it depends because Cronenberg is more body horror, and that's not really what Evil Dead is. No. So, um, I mean, it, it's not out of bounds for it, but I don't think that's primarily what it is about. No. So, but again, I, I'm I'm going to reserve judgment. I'm going to go in with an open mind whenever it releases, and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy myself. It will just be how much will I enjoy myself. Right. Uh, I, I'm also cautiously optimistic about the movie, too. I, I, I like the idea of, of an Evil Dead movie in a high-rise. It kind of reminds me not only of Shivers, but of Poltergeist three. Poltergeist 3, which Two. is... Three. Three, yeah. Um, which is kind of in a high-rise, and... I like the fact that, you know, we went, so we went from 92 and then all of a sudden in 2013, there's going to be a new Evil Dead movie. And I know that when people found out, well, you know, Ash isn't in the movie, what's it going to be like? What's the tone of this going to be? 2013 Evil Dead is kind of, to me, what I would say is an Ashless, high-budget kind of version of the first movie um much more you know there's some dark humor here and there but for the most part we're talking a pretty much straightforward hardcore hardcore gory as hell 
horror movie that yeah, is and, intense. And, yeah, and let and let's let's be let's be clear. Uh, horror standards have shifted a lot between 1979, Evil Dead, and 2013. Right. So you you know hardcore. I mean, e- the Evil Dead was hardcore in '79. Right. Um, but it's not really that hardcore in 2013. No. But the objective is the same, and and so like I'm not saying that you know it, 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 that that's just a culture shift. Sure. Yep. So, so, but no, I, they, but they kept all the important stuff and that is, that was what was really great about it. Um, I, the biggest endorsement I had for, for the 2013 version was, um, I, I got to see that early and, uh, I, so I, I took my wife cause she knows I love evil dead and she's not a horror person at all Uh-oh. and she enjoyed it. Really? Okay. And I was like. See, that's I can tell a lot of a, a lot about a movie, you know, not necessarily if a movie is good or not, but if if they've made things accessible and understandable and not, you know, especially on something like Evil Dead, not locked into the rabid fan base only. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, so too so, much. So despite all the you know the gallons and gallons and gallons of blood in 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 the 2013 version, um, it it. It never felt over the top. No, because and, and I think that's because because conversely, I also took my wife to see Raw during Sundance. Is that the vegan uh, did, cannibal movie? Yes, it is. Okay, she did not enjoy that one. So, <laughs> so there you go. Not, that was not her cup of tea. Okay, so, but that's a very that's a much more specific or premise. Right, the Evil Dead is kind of this overarching sense of evil. You know what I mean? So, so the accessibility is a little different. Sure, but the 2013 version maintained that accessibility from the Sam Raimi set, and they did just enough. They they found a great balance of fan service. Although I don't particularly like that phrase, it is a thing. You know. Um, it is a no. It, it is a legitimate thing. Sure, yeah, it definitely is. So there's 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 plenty of fan service in there. You will see the old. Um, I believe it's the old Nova. His old car is no, yeah, Oldsmobile Classic. Oldsmobile Classic. Okay, is they, there? They called it the yeah. It's the it's it's an Oldsmobile. They just called it the Classic, and it's in every Sam Raimi movie. Right. Um, so they have the nod to that, and of course, if you if you stay tuned after the credits, you will get a. a like a two second cameo from from Bruce himself, but this movie is very much its own thing, and I think you said it perfectly. It's just an exploration of this Evil Dead universe, where we have the Necronomicon, which will wreak havoc regardless of who opens the book. Just someone needs to open the yep. book, just like anyone in those yep. Hellraiser movies. You play with the um, Jesus, play with the cube, that, yeah. And uh, <sighs> you call you you call the Cenobites, uh, yeah. Uh, Whether you intend to or not, right? And I mean, I love the fact. Another criticism criticism that I've seen from this movie is that well, we we have an unlikable protagonist, and I gotta say, I mean, Ash isn't the most like. I mean, 
Ash is a dick. Yeah, he's not like the most likable guy to begin with. So I was kind of okay with, I mean, I could have done without, like, I, I don't think we needed, I mean, I, I can, I guess for the plot, it, it serves that we have a girl that's going through um, heroin withdrawal. It just seems like kind of a, a, a heavy topic to throw into Evil Dead. But then again, that's kind of a foreshadowing of the kind of tone that this movie's going to give you. It's, you know. Well, and it, and it, well, and it, and it provides, you know, uh, from 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 a narrative standpoint, it provides you, it's, it's the motivating factor. It's why they're in the cabin. Right. It's why they don't believe her. It's, you know, it's, it, 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 it is, it is the why that drives a lot of the things in the film. I mean, the Necronomicon obviously makes everything happen, but, but without that, that impetus, I mean, the, the original Eva Led, what's the premise? Oh, we're going to go on spring break to a cabin out literally miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. No, you're going to go to a beach. Exactly. Yeah. And then in evil dead too. So if you want to talk about premises is the 2013 is far more plausible. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just kind of a, yeah, I can see what you're saying there too. Yeah. And and, and even in evil dead too, like who takes their girlfriend to a rundown? He admittedly says, "Well, it's a little rundown." I'm like, "Really? That's right. that's a that's a nice thing to be saying about this cabin. It's freaking decrepit." Um, yeah. So, I mean, the narrative of the 2013 one um, is that we we get you know a group of kids. I mean, there's only so many ways that you can narratively, realistically get a group of teenagers or young adults to go to a cabin in the woods. I mean, th- this premise has kind of been done to death and then even parodied in the great cabin in the woods movie. So, yep. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I could see where you're coming from. I just thought like the whole, like, it's just a little heavy for a movie like that. But I mean, I, given the overall product and the overall tone of the movie, it certainly served its, you know, it served its purpose well. And, um, well, it, well, stop, stop and think about this for a second. I mean, my, my background, I, I, I was an English major. I have a master's degree in English literature. Okay. So I love story. So one of my favorite parts of literature was the postmodern period, which introduced the concept of the unreliable narrator. Mm. 2013 is told exclusively through the point of view of an unreliable narrator. Nothing they don't trust her because she's unreliable. The audience, if you stop and think about it, she could have just gone insane from withdrawal. Right. And killed all her friends. You know, that could have just been a, a one big psychotic break weekend. But because we know it takes place in the evil dead universe, we, we you know, but you know what I'm saying? So there, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts to consider in the, in the back for people that maybe want to poo poo the premise. Sure. Um, but it, it it opens up so many narrative doors for that film to, to lead with that. Right. That, that I had no problem. I, I personally had no problem buying in. Yeah. Um, and, and Mia, said, you know, Mia, you know, she becomes the heroine of the movie. And I, I kind of like, you know, after having so many, installments of with, with ash i think it was kind of refreshing before 
I mean, so we're talking 2013. This is before all of a sudden, like everything had to have a female lead in it just just because, you know, this was before. Yeah, it was a big deal when they announced that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's funny that, you know, Ash's full name, I believe, is Ashley, if I'm not it mistaken. Is. It is <laughs> so, Ashley. So it's always, you know, I mean, this is a series that's, you know, up until this point kind of always had its tongue firmly in cheek. Um, but I kind of like that instead of doing kind of what people probably anticipated for an Evil Dead movie in 2013, they kind of just said, no, we're going to go back to, you know, we're going to go back to our roots. And I mean, for those of you who haven't watched the Evil Dead 2013, I mean, you don't need to... I mean, and that's another strong thing that about this movie is that you don't have to have seen the previous movies. They it, they incorporated the lore enough, and they found this balance between fan service and also knowing that we're gonna ha- we have a whole new audience that's not gonna be familiar. We're gonna have those diehards coming back, but we're also gonna have this audience of people that no that, ha- that haven't seen any of the previous movies. So. I mean, this movie does a great job of juggling a lot of things, at the, you know, to get through to make, you know, a, a great movie. And, and and so you're saying you, your wife loved it, who's not a horror fan. Um, had she seen any of the previous movies? She had, but only because because I had watched yeah, okay. Them. So you know, one of the you know, but. Back in the olden times, when there were not a hundred streaming options, and right. was, you were lucky if you had two TVs in your house, yeah, uh, you know, you watched the same thing, and whether you liked it or not, right, right. Uh, right. So, yeah, but, but no, it's it, it's good. It's it, it it it's good for people. Like I said, you're right. I think they struck the right balance. Um, it, you don't need to have been a fan because the 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 lore isn't the lore that they show you from the old days isn't important to the movie everything for the for the 2013 version is explained in the 2013 version exactly and that that is the important thing it it stands on its own but if you've seen everything you see how it is this kind of expansion or the you know or there there are echoes of what has gone before right i mean and so so that it's it's just an extra layer it's fine Right, exactly, and you don't need to have seen the tr- the trees attack, you know, from the previous movies to to understand like this horrible violation that this poor girl endures with the trees, you know that you know, yeah. and the callback to having someone in the basement pop just popping their head out of the uh, the um the out door of the basement to the trap door out of the trap door. I mean. Yeah, you don't need to have seen the previous movies. I, I, I certainly think that it helps. I think people, I think, yeah, it's an enjoyable movie for everyone, but I, I think that people have seen the previous movies get a little bit more out of it, which is fine. Um, but I, I'm very interested to seeing this universe expanded. And speaking of expansion, um, let's talk a little bit about the... Is it Stars or FX that produced the TV show? It was Stars. Stars. Uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead, which was that? Can you throw a year on that when that came out? Uh, twenty 
15 maybe 2015 16 okay uh i think i ran 2015 2015 so probably 2015 16 17 it was three seasons three seasons okay have you yeah. seen all three and seasons i have i own them they're on my shelf so please they're on, my, um, they're on my bruce campbell shelf so i have only seen season one so i'm going to default to you now sir and please tell us Everything that we need to know about Ash vs. the Evil Dead, and I'm going to, I'm going to sit back and, and learn if you don't mind, because I would love to hear someone that has seen the full series talk about it. And don't mind me with the spoilers. Tell us everything there is to know, because I'm only familiar with season one. Well, it, 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 okay. So after after Army of Darkness, everyone was like, "When are we going to get Army of Darkness two? And even Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi wanted Army of Darkness two. Uh. Obviously, it didn't get made, and then they announced the show, and everyone was like, why are you doing television when we want another movie? And my answer at the time was, they're giving you a 10-hour movie. Right? That's basically, I mean, I'm just going to interject here. That's kind of what TV has become at this point. I mean... It, 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 really, it really, really has. I mean, it, if you stop, yeah. and this is probably one of the first television jump-offs of, of, of a cinematic universe, if you stop and think about it. Maybe Shield was going on, probably, but no, but yeah, you know, but the, but this, but but that was an offshoot. This this was literally a continuation of the life of the hero of the films. Oof. So yeah, we get it's almost it's a it's very much a callback to the old Evil Dead. It's also got hints of My Name Is Bruce in there, just as kind of like the washed up kind of guy who's um. Um, living in a trailer kind of feel to it lives in a trailer works in a retail store he literally is living the same life he was living at the end of <laughs> army of darkness he's Sweet. just 25 years older 30 years older <laughs> and it shows so uh, on the show yeah so but he inadvertently he ashes basically let's let's he's a verb he ashes <laughs> and reawakens the deadites and so the entire run of the series is him continuing to fight about the book, uh, fight fighting the Deadites in season one, um, dealing with groups that want the Necronomicon to bring about the end of the world. So he's you know defending you know and it's 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 literally three ten hour movies I think I believe they're all ten episodes. So you, you really you know, you get three super long movies, right? Um, that, cover different aspects but you know he gets but he gets uh sidekicks i do help him kick ass there's uh, a, a guy and a, a girl if i'm not mistaken right it is it's a uh, uh, pablo and kelly uh ray santiago and dana de lorenzo okay um in season two i believe she shows up uh, late, late season one uh lucy lucy lawless shows up as a nobi really okay who, if you remember professor nobi owned the cabin and found the book of the dead. Right. Uh, is, is she, is, is she supposed to be the same character from evil dead too? No. Okay. She's part of the family. Okay. She's Ruby. Uh, and it was, uh, Annie. Right. Uh, was, was the, 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 the daughter do- of professor Nobi in evil dead too. So, uh, but yeah, so, uh, Ted Raimi shows up, uh, in later seasons, we meet, later season yeah i think season two he shows up um we meet ash's father because he goes back to michigan to his hometown where he is a villain 
he is ashy slashy because everyone everyone still believes that he killed all of his friends back in the day but we meet his dad and his father is played by lee majors by the way that's awesome his father's name is brock um brock um but so so it's literally just it's just an expansion of ash's timeline in this world and he has kept the necronomicon the whole time because he's just he he keeps it in 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 a in a trunk in his trailer so that it never can hurt anybody but eventually ash being ash unleashes deadites when he's high and trying to get laid yep that's that Um, (laughs) that is so ash yeah um our early appearance uh by Samara Weaving no, we, in the, in the okay. series um, as his daughter, I believe. Wow. Okay. Right. Um, I believe she's his daughter, if, if that's the character, if I recall. But yeah, so it's, it, it, it's, it's, it is the movies that you want spread out over seasons of television. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just great because, you know, He's that he's there. Uh, you know, Sam is he helped develop the series in the first place. He directed an episode, um, but he's a producer. So, he, like I said, and 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 Bruce Campbell is not going to, he, you know, he wasn't going to be part of it if he couldn't, if he couldn't do it justice. Right. Um, so, and of course, you know, he's a little older now, and so having sidekicks helps uh, from an acting standpoint. Um, and he did do another uh, monster movie recently. I don't know if you're aware. Uh, Black Friday, where he plays the manager of a retail store. Right. During an okay. Alien invasion. Yes, I did. I so, did see that. I was briefly he, thinking Black Christmas, which the most recent no. installment was terrible. No, Black Friday. Yeah, I do. I do remember seeing that movie. That that's a that's a good one. Uh, it's all right, but he is decidedly not Ash. No, in in, in that film, um, but it's but it's but it's great. It's it's a it's a really fun movie if you want to watch that one too, and watch and watch him you know, uh, play more of a supporting role in a film about that that topic. But no, the the series is just really great. Um, uh, it, it released and he was it was it was hilarious he was telling people at the time because it was on stars and not everyone has stars right um he would literally at events tell people because people would ask him about it he would say he goes all of season one or you know when season one is over he goes get the seven day free trial binge the show and then cancel (laughs) and he was literally telling people to do that he goes because if no one watches we won't get another season right and they got season two, and then they got season three, and then they were like, "Okay, we're good." Um, but no, it's it, if you haven't seen it and you've got stars, um, you know, you can, you can subscribe to stars through uh, Amazon. I know that if you don't want to just subscribe to it separately, but if you already got Amazon Prime, you can tack stars on and then watch it there. Yeah, and while you just order the discs if you want to own them, like some of us do. Right, I'm still an old school. I'll still do physical media. But another quick shout out to Stars. If you're going to watch anything else on Stars, I would recommend uh, 
Party Down, which ran for two seasons, is a hilarious comedy. So even if you just get stars for one month to binge watch Ash vs. the Evil Dead, uh, check out some Party Down. Uh, great comedy. Uh, I do want to go back to... Um, you, you mentioned um, Ted Raimi. I also want to shout out Ivan Raimi, who helped co-wrote, uh, co-write uh, a lot of Sam Raimi's projects, including Ash versus the Evil Dead. And Ivan Raimi, I believe, is actually a, a an emergency room surgeon or a doctor. So... Um, we got some we got some good traits going on here in the Raimi family. I also wanted to uh, shout out Scott Spiegel for co-writing Evil Dead Two, um, who also uh, was a a friend of uh, the Raimis and became a friend of Quentin Tarantino. He also he uh, wrote and directed a movie called Intruder. I think it's called Intruder, about a, uh, which also features cameos from both Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Um, later releases would kind of amp up the Bruce Campbell-esque involvement, although he has a very small part in the movie. But it's a great slasher that takes place in an over overnight at a supermarket when people are restocking the shelves that a killer... <laughs> killer comes in and starts offing some people something that we didn't talk about that i do want to which intruder brought to mind is just the interesting camera techniques that get utilized in these these movies um the the camera chasing ash through the woods the ash flying through the air spiraling crashing into a tree i mean there's yeah the uh, I mentioned it earlier, his biography, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor, or B-Movie Star. Uh, they, he talks about that. Uh, and they invented, they or they built rigs because Sam wanted to shoot stuff a certain way. Right. Uh, like the chase camera, you know, that low-down camera angle running through the forest chasing everyone. Yeah. Literally, they said, he's, he's like, they took, they took a two-by-four. And bolted the camera to the middle of it, and two guys ran through the forest holding it down low. They built a rig out of two by fours. I mean, to th- run that through. It's they called it the shaky cam, and it gives <laughs> it that. That's what they called it. They called it the shaky cam before shaky cam uh, was even a thing. <laughs> before shaky cam was even a thing, they built another. Uh, they needed to slide the camera, I guess, so they built a wooden rig, uh, and. Again, it was like there was like duct tape across the top for a, a, a smoother surface, and they put like a lube on it, and then they racked the camera on top of that so they could move the rail and slide the camera around. Wow, and I mean, it, the, it, it, there's just it, some it, amazing they built so much stuff to to get the look. The look of the look of Evil Dead is as much a character as the book or the cabin or Ash. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Evil Dead Two's got this great shot of the camera chasing Ash through the cabin. And it's yeah. it's pretty much a one take shot. I mean he's going all he's going between the walls and 
It's just, you that, know. That impossibly large cabin. Yes. Right. I mean, from the outside, you're just like, wow, well, you know, how, how the hell? But I mean, you know, the suspension of disbelief, you know. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's so much innovative things going on here. The um, And there's so much passion behind the scenes for this for these movies that you just... I mean, the people that were working on the, on the costumes and the effects and everything were just, they were just having such a blast. And, like, it comes through in these movies. You could just, you could tell that, you know, what you're seeing on, on screen is often a lot of fun. But they were just, like, I mean, they were just passionate to be able to, to, to do something like this. And, I mean, that passion is carried through that, you know, Sam Raimi... Is, is still still directing Doctor Strange is coming out and Bruce Campbell you know like you said Black Friday he's still acting he's still got it um just so much great he's, stuff he, he, he's voicing Ash in the the new video game right and you wanted to mention that because I uh, like you I'm not a gamer so I don't know do you do you know anything about the new Evil Dead video game coming up I, I, I it's either about to come out or it it, it actually has come out i'm i'm double checking right now okay uh it's going to okay so according to the internet if you can trust them yeah because everything on the internet is true of course um it's going to release may 13th okay um multiplayer uh based on an unreal engine and it's going to be on basically every freaking platform as it should be playstation playstation 4 5 xbox one switch xbox X, Series S, and Windows. So or maybe I'll pick up the PC version. So, um, uh, so but, uh, but yeah, so that's coming out soon. And I think, which, you know, I'm th- great. I think that um, the new one is scheduled to come out at the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it probably got bumped to 2023, you know, unfortunately with COVID and everything. Uh, it's listed as 2022. Let's, uh, let's see. Sometime in 2022. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> they're still there. It's, it's in work. Great. Do you, do you know who's, who's, who's attached to direct? I'm curious. Uh, they've got, they've got Lee Cronin listed. Um, who uh he's an irish director uh there's a movie called uh the hole in the ground uh, that he directed i saw it uh i think it might have did it play sundance a couple years ago it's from 2019 it's called a hole in the ground it's it's a horror it's uh it's great this will only be his second feature really okay but but the hole in the ground is really creepy as balls Okay, so I'm um, adding that to my watch so, list. But I, I, so I recommend you go and watch that if you're an Evil Dead fan because you'll get a taste of what the director is going to do for the next movie. Right. And, um, but it's but again, it's 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 European horror, so it's not a slasher, blood soaked extravaganza, which I love. So, just, so. because their well, their their flavor of horror is different. And right. It's fine. Yeah. I I quite enjoy them. I just don't want people going in thinking the wrong thing. Sure. Um, so. But yeah, no, I enjoy all all different kinds of horror, and I I think that, you know, Raimi wouldn't have entrusted you know the twenty thirteen Evil Dead to Alvarez if he didn't have great faith in the in the director. I believe it was his first English 
language movie that he did. And then he would go on to do um, Don't Breathe. And mm-hmm. he also did, I think, The Girl in the Spider's Web, which is um, the sequel to The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. So, yeah. Um, uh, but Evil Evil Dead Rise, uh, apparently Raimi did the story. Oh, great. And, okay. And uh, Raimi Campbell and Rob Rob Tappert are executive producers. Excellent. So... so. So it's 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 fingerprinted. Yeah. Um, so um, remain uh, as as always cautiously optimistic. That's the way I like to to put it. Uh, until until we see the final project, and instead of um, complaining so much, let's just enjoy the fact that we have four Evil Dead movies. We have three seasons of Ash versus the Evil Dead, and we have a fifth movie on the way. I mean, that's that's the best that, thing. Uh, and it may be releasing exclusively on HBO Max. Okay. All right. I have HBO so, Max. So, why I, yeah. if you're listening at home. Um, um, but HBO Max has good stuff, though. They do. Uh, I, I would they say... Also, they, also have the, they also have the best live-action DC, which is the Doom Patrol. The Doom Patrol is great. Titans is great. Uh, I, I would give the nod to Doom Patrol. And I think DMZ... DMZ, I think it is, is the DMZ, new one. DMZ, that's new. I haven't watched it yet. Neither have I. I haven't seen that, but I'm a huge fan of HBO. I, li- I literally have so much stuff to watch. It's not even humorous anymore. No, it's not. It's officially I, not funny anymore. I still have to catch up on uh, Doom Patrol Season 3, so I, I've got catching up to do. Um, oh, I'm just just between uh, new new movies and new TV shows. There's I mean, so much stuff. What a world we live in, and... Um, I know, right? It's, it's right now where it's it's an embarrassment. I, I just got another screener I have that I had to put on my calendar for two Mondays from now. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know because there's another one. So yeah, so I've got I've got a screener tomorrow night. I've got a screener Saturday. I've got a screener Monday, and then I've got a screener the following Monday. That doesn't count what I need to watch that's in my email, um, and that's assuming they don't drop one or two more next week for whatever the hell is coming out. Wow. So, because I mean, I had a screener today before I talked to you. Yeah, which I'm going to ask you about off mic so you you people will uh, will have to tune in yeah. elsewhere. But um, well, I, what's I, coming I, up? I can tell you. Okay. Uh, it was Morbius. Right. Um, and by the time anyone else hears this, the embargo has been off an hour for me. Okay. So, uh, I, I was... I went in thinking I was going to be disappointed. Um, I spent the first half of the movie thinking that I might have been wrong. Okay. And I spent the last half of the movie realizing that I hate them for giving me half a movie of hope. Ooh. Ooh. More. So. So. Well, we'll, I'm sure you'll. I got to save the rest for mine. Yeah. 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 Just a little taste. So as we're starting to wrap up here, what's coming up on, on, on your show on the podcast? Uh, well, let's see what we're t- talking about here. Uh, let, let, let me give you, obviously we'll be talking about, uh, Morbius. Right. Um, probably tomorrow or Friday. Um, we'll be talking about Fantastic Beasts 3. Okay. Um, right. What, which, which we're seeing, uh, uh, the new Michael Bay, uh, Ambulance. Ooh. Uh, we'll be watching that next week. We'll be talking about that. Um, the screener they just gave to us is The Northman. Oh, the new Robert Eggers. From Robert Eggers. 
Yes. Ooh. Okay. That's a. I'm, so I don't, that's week after next. So uh, so we've got a lot of and that like I said that does not count the TV shows that we've got that that we watch. We just uh, we just dropped the episode this morning about Moon Knight uh, and some other stuff that's on Apple TV Plus. Um. So yeah, we mixed our Disney and our Apple. I apologize, but <laughs> we did. So if you want to check that episode out, um, we also uh, we just talked about and we dropped that one today too. Two, um, it releases next Friday. It's Michelle Yeoh in every everything, everywhere, all the time. Okay. Which, if you watch the trailer, you won't understand what the movie's about, and if you watch the movie, you'll kind of understand what the movie is about. Uh. But it, you can listen to us talk and just listen to us gush. <laughs> okay. About Michelle Yeoh. All right. Um, Lots of good yeah, stuff. That, one, that is a surprise. That is a surprising movie. In a good um, way. And recently, if you, it is a good movie. Actually. Okay. In a good uh, way. It's right, one of our favorite. One of our favorite studios, A twenty four. I love. Just been giving us a lot of great stuff lately. Yeah. Speaking of A twenty four, I got to prep because tomorrow I'm doing A twenty four trivia <laughs> on a podcast. So I got to uh, I got to bone up on my A twenty four quickly in the next twenty four hours. I hope you've seen Lamb. I have. Uh, okay, that's that, someone's going to sneak a Lamb question in there on you. Uh, and uh, well, and recently, uh, last week, we are uh, one of our, our most recent episodes was a movie that I hope people go and see. Uh, we really want people to see it. It's called The Outfit. Okay. With Mark Rylance, that is just a that is just that is the kind of movie that you want. It's that that you know twenty five thirty million dollar movie. You know, not a lot of action, just great characters, beautiful, tight script, wonderfully shot. It, it, and Rylance just kills it. Nice. Um, the I will outfit. be talking okay. about Mark Rylance as best actor for next year. Wow. Um, we, all of the critics in the Salt, greater Salt Lake area have all agreed that we will all be talking about Michelle Yeoh as, as best actress awards next year for, Everything, everywhere, all the time. Okay, because it, she's fabulous. Those are those are two of the standout performances already, right now in 2022. They are right now; they're the benchmark. Okay, but so, if you have not seen the outfit and you would just want to see a good, smart thriller, yeah, gangster type thriller, the outfit you you will you happy. Excellent. Okay, so you just gave me like a week's worth of movies to watch. Awesome. Like I said, everything, everywhere, all the time doesn't come out till the eighth. Okay. All so right. You, you, I got some time. You can plan around that. <laughs> okay. You got you got time. Excellent. So Morbius comes out this Friday. That's on you. So, <laughs> I Mark, thank you so much for joining me. Visually stunning movie podcast. Tune in. Hear his full thoughts on Morbius. We gave you a little bit of a taste here. Great, great guest. Thank you so much for joining me to talk about one of my favorite franchises of all time. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I, I I've loved Evil Dead. Once once you're in, you just don't get out. No. Uh, and and yeah, and I'm I, I I've been in a long time, so I'm more than happy to drone on and on about Evil Dead. So all the links from uh, Mark's Media is going to be in the episode description. Follow him on Twitter. Check out the podcast. Get all his thoughts on all these amazing movies. Check out Everything As It Is. Is am I saying that right? Everything uh, as no, Everything As It Was. Everything Everywhere All The Time. Everything Everywhere All The Time. The Outfit. And I guess 
cautiously approach Morbius. Check out A24 and then check out me on the A24 podcast doing movie trivia and hopefully not embarrassing myself because I have so many A24 movies floating around in my head. But I just want to thank my guest once again. Follow him on Twitter. Check out his show. Show him some love. And we thank you all for listening on the Cult Film Companion Podcast. Good night.